Hello and welcome. Another Monday here. And this Monday is special because we have special guests. Guess what? She is the people IQ expert. And we are really excited because she's going to tell us how to navigate five types of people. Welcome, Shireen McHenry. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Shireen. So what are the five types of people and why should we navigate them? The five types of people that I've identified through my research and life of observation are high flyers, steady gliders, lackers, slackers, and hackers. And we make the mistake many times when we're dealing with people assuming that they are wired like us or we're unprepared for somebody who doesn't play nice. And so once you know these five types and you have a vocabulary, then you can add strategies and you can set yourself up for success and far less frustration and set others up for success and far less frustration. Well, well that was really interesting because I'm thinking that can happen with those five negotiate. I mean, navigating those five types of people, and you can make a mistake and think it's something else entirely. They don't, I've they done don't, that. <laughs> they don't like me, or you know, or something, you know. And it, it, that's really fascinating. Yes, we all done that, right? Yes. Well, before I became a full-time speaker, I was a professor and I just started noticing how different my students were. And then we see it in the workplace and families and everywhere, but the high flyers are competitive, hardworking, driven. They would rather die than let you down. They have a hard time saying no. Whatever they do, they do with absolute excellence. And this makes them a rock star and they make leaders look brilliant because it's easy. You say, will you do this? And they say, okay, and it gets done. The curse of competence and of being a high flyer is that you're at very high risk for burnout. And so it's really important if you have one of these people on your team not to burn them out and to manage how much you have, they have on their plate, because otherwise they're up all night and then they sacrifice family time and that makes them grumpy and they sacrifice vacation and then they start sacrificing sleep and other things that are really critical to being creative, to being happy and to being productive in and out of the workplace. And if you are a high flyer, you have to be really careful to make sure that you're building in margins, that you empower yourself to say no, and that you do your share and you do it with excellence, but that you don't become the dumping ground for everybody's work. Because again, it makes you bitter and angry and frustrated, and then you turn into a hacker and that's a whole new set of problems. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. So what are the other types? Second type is the steady glider. I consider them a first cousin to the high flyer. And they are reliable, conscientious, and hardworking. But they're lacking the competitive edge that the high flyer has in spades. And they also tend to lack confidence. And so what we want to do when we have a steady glider in our on our team or we are a steady glider is to recognize that we like to chunk things out. Steady wins the race. We do a little bit every day. We have our plan. We work the plan and we feel confident and we are happiest. And then what the highly competitive high flyer needs to understand is that when you offer one of these people a promotion, they often don't want it. 
because they value family and they would rather go to work at eight o'clock, be done at five and not have to think about it again until 7.59 a.m. And they will give a hard day's work for an honest day's pay, but they don't want the pressure. They don't want to be the leader. And so they tend to lack confidence. They need to remember where they've been successful before. They need not to buy into the false narrative that they are not competitive enough or that they're not ambitious. We need to recognize that they live a life of value and that they provide so much for our families, our organizations. They're kind of the social glue that tends to hold people together and notice what's going on. High flyers can get blinders. And so that's very interesting. Yes. And then there are the lacquers. So we've got the, I'm sorry, we've got the high flyer, steady glider, lacquer. Lacquers are the people who are encountering in their personal or professional life, they keep hitting a wall and they just can't get over it. They can't figure out technology. They can't figure out how to um, release weight. They can't figure out how to do a situation. They just can't get something. And so they fall into one of two categories that's really, really important to understand. It is either a mindset problem or a skill set problem. So if you throw training at it and training works, it is a skill set problem. But if you throw training at it and it doesn't work, it's not a skills problem. There's a mindset barrier. And so this is where coaches are so incredibly valuable, where counselors, therapists, pastors, individuals who are trained and able to help them encounter the barrier and then figure out ways to get over the barrier. And I remember a time in my first job, I hated my job. I didn't realize, but I was depressed. And so I was getting to work late. I wasn't getting stuff done. And my boss in her infinite wisdom sent me to a Franklin Covey time management seminar, which was expensive and state of the art. All you have to do is do X, Y, and Z and you will be successful. And I came home and felt even more like a failure, used my expensive little binder for a doorstop because it didn't (laughs) treat the problem. It would have been a very different conversation and solution if she had said, Shireen, you don't seem happy. You're not getting your work done on time. Help me understand what's going on. You have a kid who's having a hard time in math. Hey, I know you're unhappy. I know this is hard. Help me understand what's going on. What doesn't make sense? How can we help you quit erecting a fence or a brick wall and keep you open to learning? And that's where, again, coaching and addressing the mindset works, but skill set training will never work. And thank you for laughing at the Franklin Covey. It was a nightmare. I understand. (laughs) And I went to therapy and I learned who I was. I learned it wasn't a good job fit. I overcame depression and I went on then to become a professor. And then I went on to follow my heart into becoming a full-time professional speaker and author. And I had to know who I was, but that was all a mindset problem. No amount of skills training was going to help me divvy up my day and make me more productive. Yeah, I just wish we had pictures to see. I wish I could see it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Well, that's All impressive. Right. So between those types, for example, you mentioned steady glider and high flyer. Can one advance to become high flyer from any other state? 
Good question. Well, I, my observation is that we sit in one of three, the high flyer, the steady glider, or what I call the rocket. And they, we have a preferred, some are very, very strong. Others are a little bit more mixed, mix of two of them. So a steady glider can be a high flyer, but that's not where they can live for a long time or do a good job. They can do it in small doses. A high flyer might be a bit of a steady glider. It's People identify themselves usually in two of my three. So let's talk about the rockets. They are known with great contempt by the rest of the world as slackers. And people get very angry at them. You don't pull your weight. You never do your job. You're horrible. And particularly high flyers tend to have a moral superiority because they just want somebody who will do their job. And it is fair to expect people to do their job. That's what they're getting paid for. But while the high flyer gets a job, immediately begins doing it and only feels good when the job is done, or the steady flyer gets the job and begins chunking it out, the rocket sits. And I don't like the term slacker, it's a derogatory term. They're almost always a rocket sitting on a launch pad. And just like a rocket, there's this countdown as the deadline approaches, the engine then fires up, the juices that are creative get going and they work hard, they work fast and they work very, very smart. Mm -hmm. And so nothing activates it though until a deadline. And so if you don't have a firm deadline with a child, with a spouse, with a coworker or somebody that you're supervising, the work is never gonna get done because it doesn't get activated. And what I have found in life is not only do you need a deadline, if you are a rocket, you need an external deadline. Because if there's an external deadline, you're not a high performance rocket is not going to let somebody else down. They recognize that their behavior impacts other people. The second thing with a high performance rocket is, is they're not going to let themselves down. And so if there's an internal deadline, it just gets pushed. But if there's a hard, fast external success happens and they can work harder, faster, smarter, longer than the other types. And they're often viewed as lazy. And there was a review that was done. Somebody submitted in Humor to Reader's Digest. Here is my testimonial letter, reference letter from my employer. Uh, Susan is lazy. She figures out the fastest way to get things done and easiest way to get things done. This makes her highly efficient, but he viewed her as lazy. And the really smart person looks at the rocket and says, wow, there is a faster, quicker, more efficient, therefore more profitable way to do this. Can we replicate it? And Um, then you also want these people in your life because they do really well when crises come up because they're the only ones who aren't locked and loaded into a plan. And everybody else will be panicking and the rocket will go, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z. They see the world differently. And then you look at them and you say, can you do that? And they're like, well, of course I can do that. And then they do it. And they should be heroes, but they're often if not guided by deadlines, viewed as zeros and dead weight, and they forget that they are needed and a real blessing to a team and family. Well, that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> you got them all in order too. <laughs> yes. So a, sla- a lacquer will look like a slacker, but they're probably not. They're just lacking a mindset or a skill set. A rocket 
Oh my gosh, once you view them as rockets, they can be so impressive. And I have to say most of the world writes about high flyers and most of the people who write books and tell people their systems are high flyers. And rockets get really broken because they're told over and over again, they're lazy, they're not ambitious. Why can't you put your mind to it? And the rocket can put their mind to it, but there needs to be a deadline and there needs to be a bit of an internal motivation. Here's the one other secret to a rocket. You better have some quality control issues in place too, because if they turn in subpar work and you correct it, they think that what they did was okay and you will get subpar work in the future. So you got to have a bit of a quality control in there as well. Well, that's very impressive. That is very good. So I have a question. It's usually say that creative people, painters, writers, they have problems with productivity because of their creative brain, mind. What type are they? Well, I've seen all types. I've seen people who can write a children's book in three days or two days. I've seen people who steady glide them. I've seen people who it can be any of the three. The ones who have the hardest time getting going are the rockets because there needs to be a deadline. And... I think what we need to do for each person to succeed, particularly as an artist, is to honor what their type is. And so if the rocket, instead of going, I'm lazy, I can't get myself started, what's going on? If the rocket goes, I'm a rocket, here's the deadline, it's external, I've got to get it to somebody, the rocket will do it. The steady glider goes, okay, I just have to get it done by now, and how much is it going to take? And they may need somebody to encourage them. And then the high flyer, they they just have this inherent belief that they can do anything and figure anything out. And what they're going to need for creativity is a bit of bandwidth where they relax and they rest because you can't run 24-7, 365, and then be highly creative. It's very, very hard not to get stale. And that's the real invitation to the high flyers. How do you rest? How do you be so that creativity can bubble up inside of you? And then you can have long-term success as an artist and a creative. Wow. That is impressive. <laughs> I'm I keeping you all around. <laughs> I have to ask you one question then. What's your favorite television program? Oh, that's a great question. I think my all-time favorite show is, I'm thinking, sorry, uh, silence isn't so good for an audio podcast. Oh, what was it? It's the one where they, The Amazing Grace. I always wanted oh, really? to be on that show. Wow, just, that was good. Yes, that's, that was a good show. That was a big hit. I hope it comes back. That's my favorite thing I've ever watched. And that's the only television show I've ever really wanted to be on. And my oh, niece and I used to practice. I thought you were going to say Hannibal Lecter, but that was pretty good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can I tell you about the fifth type? Yes, please. The fifth type is the hacker. And the hackers, most of the world is unprepared for a hacker. And so hackers are people who are causing problems, causing pain, and they are hurting other people in the workplace. They create psychologically unsafe workplaces, which is a huge crushing blow to creativity and productivity. And so for the hacker, there are three types. There is the lacquer hacker. They're lacking conflict resolution skills. So they almost always will let things blow up and then build up 
and then they blow up. And so in their anger, they attack people, they become very defensive, they say things that later they regret. And a high flyer is at risk for becoming a hacker if they don't understand steady gliders and rockets. And if they're doing too much and their plate is overfilling, they become very resentful because they know they're working harder than anybody else. So people need strong conflict resolution skills. Once people have strong conflict resolution skills, a lacquer hacker doesn't need to hack. They'll deal with the problem. They'll say, I need you to do this. I'm frustrated. You let me down. They'll just deal with problems as they come in instead of letting them build up and then eviscerating other people. But there are two other types of hackers that are, for me, far more frightening. There is the covert hacker, and they're the person who stirs the pot behind your back. They tell lies, they misdirect, they like pitting people against each other, and then they stand back and watch the chaos ensue. And they're a lot like cancer. You don't know they exist until the symptoms show up. And the symptoms are teams that were trustworthy, families that were doing well, now are questioning loyalty and people's intentions. And they're, this gossipy thing just creates doubt and really puts a strain on relationships. And so in the workplace, it's easier to identify these people and keep them out than to get rid of them because they're hard to find, but boy, do they cause problems. And then there is the overt hacker and the overt hacker, they are mean spirited. It is sport, blood sport for them. They do not care who they hurt, who they use, who they abuse. They get a kick out of it and they are meaner than the normal person, far meaner, far more determined. They run the table before an unsuspecting normal person, be it a high flyer, steady glider or rocket, even knows there's a game. And so they curry favor two levels above you because they know that someday somebody's going to say this person is a problem. And the boss goes, they're not a problem. That person is fabulous. Well, they go to that person's kids' soccer games. They they have ingratiated themselves to protect themselves. And so if you have somebody who has always been loyal and they're telling you somebody is causing problems and that they're different than who they are in front of you, you want to listen to the loyal person. And again, be it a lacquer hacker, covert hacker, or overt hacker, the consequences are huge because they create psychologically unsafe relationships and workplaces. And instead of allowing our energy to go to living, to creating, to productivity, to joy, people have to turn in their energy inward in an effort to understand what just happened and how do I self-protect? And in most organizations, the smart people go silent. And then you have a few people who are wired to do the right thing and they try to stand up to the bully and the bully just has a lot of fun using them as a punching bag. And I know that because I've been the punching bag. And I did that for 15 years with a colleague until somebody who was new said to me, why do you always do it? Do what? You take her bait. What are you talking about? She dangles the bait in front of you. You take it every time. And I thought about that and I went home and I didn't have a solution, but I had tried for 15 years to conflict resolution with this overt hacker bully. And she would, I was like mighty mouse and she was this huge cat and she would swipe at me and then enjoy like my blood from her fingernails. That's how bad it was. 
Well, I didn't have a replacement behavior. I didn't know what to do next. So the next time she did it, I just was silent. And two weeks later, when we had our next meeting, this is what she said. My daddy always said the person who loses it is the person who loses. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's not an apology. But because I didn't engage in the dance that we had done, she ended up looking like a jerk and she didn't like that. And so that was as close to an apology as I was ever going to get. So these people are dangerous. You need to have tools for them and you need to be prepared and you cannot treat them as somebody who values relationships, has relationship skills, and that you can work problems out with them. So those are the five types and those hackers are scary, don't you think? Well, all I know is I wish I could have had you here with us for last year's Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you're great. (laughs) Well, it is impressive. <laughs> Thank so, you. One more question. Are there any exercises, checklists, or anything that we can use to try to analyze ourselves and people around us? We have not created those yet. And that gives me a wonderful invitation to do that because I do think it would be very helpful to have a simple checklist. We've got a really simple vocabulary list, simple behaviors that you can identify. And I think that's something that can be created and I will get that posted on my website when that gets done. Now that said, I'm a rocket and there's not a hard deadline yet. So (laughs) it might be after the first of the year. (laughs) Well, that's still impressive. That's a lot of things to think about. And now we're going to be looking around thinking, huh? <laughs> we probably shouldn't criticize that person. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to give people feedback. What we don't want to do is go for the juggler, take a bite of their flesh. That's hacking behavior. Feedback is, hey, your behavior impacts me. I would prefer you not do that. And that is peer to peer. If it's like boss to employee, Um, I did some work with a huge company and one of their senior VPs was a hacker in a meeting and they pulled him in and they said, if you ever do that again, you will no longer work for us. And so a leader has the ability to say, we don't do that. Peer to peer, you have to appeal to somebody's better sense. Parent to child, you go, we don't treat each other that way in our family. Um, child to child, you appeal to their better sense and it doesn't always work. So I th- I think that the biggest gift that I can give your listeners is I like to try like three times with people if I can work through it. Maya Angelou says, when people tell you who they are, believe them the first time. If after three times you've asked them to play ball and you've told them that something bothers you and they don't care about it, then just don't bloody up your forehead against the brick wall. Instead of trying to problem solve, you want to move into problem management. And management is how do I mitigate the effects of this? How do I live in an environment that is not necessarily safe? How am I going to survive in this environment? And it's about boundaries. It's about putting up a bit of a protective fence. It's about choosing to live to fight another day. Those are things that I wish that I had known for the 15 years that I kept trying to problem solve. And one of my good friends, Dr. Suzanne Hobson, we were in a restaurant at a conference up in Montreal and she said, oh, problem solve, problem manage. And I went, oh dear God, that is so incredibly simple. Um, (laughs) I wish I I had known that. So 
Hope that helps. I'm impressed with you. You have great knowledge. You're very good. And I'm sure you're just a fantastic speaker. Anyone out there goes to your website, buy your book, gets your information. They won't be disappointed. Thank you so much. The book is an easy read. I love it. I just, I like books that I don't have to read things three times to understand them. So they're just written in basic English. And again, you can use it, the navigate, choose to create, sorry, let's try that again. Um, Navigate. I don't even know the title of my own book. Understanding the five types of people. It's okay. Let's go shopping or something, okay? Let's do. Let's do. I just like simple. And that's what I love as a speaker. I think that's my superpower as a writer and a speaker is just here's what's complex. How do we make it simple so we can actually attack it? And for me, if I have a vocabulary and a few strategies, I'm good to go. If I don't have a vocabulary, I just can't get a beat on it. And so therefore, I don't know what to try next, but I keep trying. And that takes a lot of energy, which takes away from creativity and life and joy and success. Well, well, that was amazing, Shireen McHenry, with a lot of books for our soul this week and the next week and the week after. Well, we gotta be busy for next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you for the joining. Pleasure has been all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Shireen's website is shireenmcHenry.com. You can find a link in the description to this episode. Thank you very much, Shireen, and our listeners. Please go order her book because it's just. Wow. Yes, it's almost the holiday season. Get one for yourself and one for a friend. Great idea. Thanks again. (laughs) Bye-bye, my friend. This is Motivational Monday by by Jim Jim and Lucy. Lucy. Follow our podcast. And check out our website, jimandlucywoods.com.